This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah and boy oh boy do we have a hell of an episode for you today uh not only are we going to be talking about the season finale she hawk i got to talk about werewolf by night because i never got a chance to in our last episode uh wbd is going on a path again and you know just so much more but we got to talk about something that just occurred yesterday that just blew up the internet for the gaming community in reference to one of the most anticipated games coming in the course of two weeks and a bombshell was dropped recently uh and it's go it's everywhere it's when i say literally went viral went viral in the internet and the gaming internet community i should say but we got to talk about that because that's also in reference to something a previous guest on the show spoke about dating back to 2018 so we'll be talking about that well actually play that clip hell it speaks for itself so you're gonna you know if you haven't heard that interview what i had because i'm gonna replay the interview with stephanie shea on the next segment that you guys need to hear in reference to what what i'm about to talk about you'll understand when it all comes down but on our talk topic of the week, I will be reviewing Mortal Kombat Snowblind. I had a, got a chance to watch that on the way home from New York Comic Con. And um, the question I asked for that is third, the charm. Because if you guys remember my review of the last two Mortal Kombat, I, I would say, dare I say, last two Mortal Kombat animated movies and Injustice, you know that I was kind of iffy on it. I wasn't too favorable about it. Is the third one a good one? It, it, did they finally get it right? We'll we'll find out soon enough in our talk topic during the top of our uh, 
our show here. So I don't want to waste any more time. There's so much to talk about right now. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Previously on Talk Time Live exclusive. Oh, I was going to say, if you don't mind, uh, if I could just take some time to just talk about the actor strike that's going on. You know, thank you, because I didn't know whether you wanted to, if you could actually go to that. And, uh, you know, I've been following it on Twitter and been supporting all of you, Kyle Habert and Molly Flanagan. By all means, please, people need to know about this. So I, I, I don't know if like, you know, how many of your listeners are play games and stuff like that. And um, so the SAG-AFTRA is the actors union um, and uh, they support the actors and they and they kind of set the guidelines for uh, for union jobs, mm-hmm. which means they establish the rate like that way. Uh, game producers can't abuse uh, the actors, so they they can't say like, oh, because there's so many people who want to be a voice actor, right? right? Like, so many people want to be a voice actor in a video game, but they set these regulations so they can't say things like, hey, you got to you you get to work for one dollar an hour, you know, because there's so many people who would who would do that. So um, the idea is that actors are part of this union, and 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 they. Um, uh, they have like kind of standards um, and they have a contract that they agree to mm-hmm. and they negotiate to. And so the contract for video games, when it was created, it was created a long time ago when like gaming was was like such a new thing. Right. Um, and uh, and it needs to be, you know, the contract expires. So it needs to be updated. And the 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 SAG-AFTRA was in negotiations with um, several game producers and they couldn't come to agree an agreement Mm -hmm. and so because they can't come to an agreement the actors are on strike which means that we're not working right which means that you know for i guess uh, two months now i guess it's two months but if i'm correct this is this discussion has been going on for far longer than that correct Oh, yeah. It's been going on because they've been in negotiation. Right. Like they have been negotiating and they've been trying to come to agreement and um, it just hasn't uh, happened. So that's why we're on a work stoppage. And just to clarify this, it doesn't mean that all games are being stricken. Right. It's just certain companies. And these are the companies that are kind of like refusing the terms. And some of the terms um, have to do with um, what they're considering. I guess like bonus pay. Yeah. So, you know, the actors would like to have some kind of payment, extra payment if the video game does really well. Right. And I think that there's this misconception that 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 the actors are like just trying to be greedy, right? So well, when I go I, into I, I'm sorry, I yeah. know the LA Weekly was one of the misconceptions of that. That they wrote a well, article they, about they wrote that. a story that kind yeah. of implied that. Um yeah. But just to clarify for your listeners so that you know that when the, we talk about this, how the bonus, the bonus uh, pay, uh, the, what, the way the, the proposal of how it is set up is that, you know, uh, as it stands, when an actor goes in, we work in four hour sessions typically. Right. So we mm-hmm. get 
paid for four hours worth of work. Right. Um, and then the idea for bonus pay is that we would get a percentage of what we get got paid for mm. those four hours. Right. Um, as a little bonus when the game makes two million copies, like when it when it sells two million copies. Right. So if it sells two million copies, we get a little bonus, mm-hmm. and the bonus is a percentage of what we made. You know, so it's not like it's we're not talking about like huge bonuses. You know, we're talking about like less than a hundred bucks. Like, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. It's not huge. And then then what happens is when the next two million. So when it hits four million, we get another little bonus. Mm -hmm. And then when it hits six million, we get another little bonus. And then when we hit eight million, you get another little bonus, and then it caps out at eight million. Wow! Which means if a game makes twenty million, forty million, whatever, we don't get any more bonuses. Right now, the actors don't get any bonuses oh, ever. Wow. We don't get any sort of bonus at all. So we just get paid for our four hours worth of work, and that's it. That's you know. So they would like to put in some kind of structure in there for like, hey, if the producers are making a lot of money then let's all let's all spread it around and give a little bit back, you know. Um, and and then the other thing, too, is about vocal health, you know, to have um, to have measures in place to protect our voices because yeah. video game work is the most vocally stressful. Right. We're screaming, we're dying, we're grunting like I sometimes you are screaming so hard that you can't work for the next two days. I've had Kyle Habert on twice talk about his ventures in Street Fighter V, and, you know, he has to do all... And Molly Flanagan, too, who does a lot of, you know, her... You know, she's Naruto. She does a lot of screaming on both the show and the video game. And I asked them about how they preserve their voices like that, and they both... It's like you have to survive, (laughs) if it sounds like what you have to do, instead of being... You basically have to not work, you know? But they're not paying you to not work for the next, you know two days so it's it's a it's a little it's vocal rest is like the best that you can do um so yeah it's 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 uh it's a really it there should be measurements in place to protect you know one's voice and then the last thing is that voice actors are not the only performers that are part of this um part of bringing the characters to life a lot of it has to do the stunt performers too. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we were on a movie set and there was an action scene, there's something called a stunt coordinator. Right. There's somebody there to make sure that the actors, the stunt actors, the mocap actors, that they're safe, that that all of the safety measures are taking in place, that they've rehearsed it enough, that everything is choreographed. Mm-hmm. There is nothing like that for a video game. Yeah, there is no safety coordinator. On a video game set. Yeah. Uh, Ruben Langdon was on our show, too, and he explained something similar to that, too, because he does his own stunts. Yeah. There's nobody making sure you're okay, you know, and you look at games these days, it it, they get they're more and more action oriented. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's a huge safety concern. Yeah. So there's a lot of you know, those are the things that that is in terms of what we're fighting for, you know, if what what we're striking for. I got one question for you in regards to this, too, if you if you can answer this. Um, I watched the Video Game Awards just recently that just came out, and I'm sure you've heard. I'm sure you know about this. Uh, Nolan North, who's one of the most known voice actors out there, yes. did his speech. And first of all, I was wondering whether any of those select companies, the game companies, were going to be there. And, in fact, they were. So that was one shocker. 
Yeah. And then the other shocker was Nolan North coming out to talk about it and bringing up his speech. Um, I'm sure you may have possibly heard about it. Um, are you able to talk about his speech or have an opinion of what he said? I, I haven't heard his speech. Okay. Um, uh, I haven't heard his speech. Um, I am, I don't, I, you know, I've run into Nolan. I know who he is mm-hmm. and, um, he's, a, he's a very nice man. Right. Um, I, I know that both him and Troy Baker do not support the strike. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, him and Troy Baker don't really, you know, <laughs> they have a different, they have different options than most. I take it. No, I, no. What I'm saying is that they don't make scale. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like celebrities, right? Exactly. So like, if you were asking, so for example, like if you were asking like uh, Tom Cruise or whoever, Tom Cruise makes millions of dollars. That's his base pay. That's right. what he gets paid for this job. So if you're asking him to come and stand up and fight for like residuals, which is like little bit of percentage, you know, if a, a movie does well, like it doesn't really change, doesn't really affect him so much. Exactly. So, That's what I was pointing like, out when we had this discussion on our show re- um, a while back. Hadouken! All right, so what you just heard was an interview that I did with Stephanie Shea. She plays Sailor Moon, uh, the recent Sailor Moon, I should say, and Orihime from Bleach, uh, Hinata from Naruto, you name it. She has a huge resume on imdb as you can check out and probably recognize her voice from a lot of different anime and video games and during that time the actors guild the sag actors guild or sag after if you will they went on strike against some video game companies not all video game companies but some of them that were not giving them the livelihood that they need to actually perform the task that they that these game companies need in order to make the millions that they do. And when this new situation that just happened came, I immediately went back to listen to this. And it's amazing. That was 2018, it's 2022. And the fact that they're still going through this and the stuff like this is happening, is just amazing. But I wanted you guys to listen to that if you haven't, especially for our newer listeners who have not going back into our archives to listen to that because this is highly relevant to what I'm about to talk about here. And before I even do that quick plug, if you do want to listen to the full interview with Stephanie Shea, uh, that I did with her was, it's one of my top still to this day, as many interviews as I've done with people on the, in different industries, that one was to me, the, one of my top favorites of all time to this day. Um, very informative very candid it was really awesome always appreciate you know her doing that and and talking about that because i've you know it it hit me in the heart because i've been through that type of situation um but if you want to hear that and more uh, you know great names in the world of your favorite fandoms just go into talktimelive.com you could go into the podcast page because not all of my you know shows are in video and audio this Stephanie Shea uh, one was done way before I started doing video. Um, so you could go into the search engine, type in Stephanie Shea or type in anybody that you want to see. And you could go into, uh, you could go into my website too, to see who I've actually had a chance to interview. And 
you will be able to find that and then go to the podcast page, hit the search engine and you'll find it right there. If it's more recent, then uh, chances are there's a video version of it as well. But that the one I did with Stephanie Shea that you just heard is an audio only interview that I did uh, way before, you know, I started doing a video stream thing. But nonetheless, what she should what she said was highly accurate to a situation that's going on now within the gaming industry or this in particular one of the game developers out there and it's sad to hear this it i was really heartbroken when i saw this and heard this and you know checked it out and she looked into this it's one of my favorite game developers platinum games <laughs> right now who is responsible for making a ton of awesome action platformer games um I, I i can name a lot of it like you talk about bayonetta you talk about uh astral chain you talk about um just so just so many teenage mutant ninja turtles the transformers devastation um just recently near that just came back out for the uh nintendo switch recently uh that i was literally just playing and enjoying you know they're they're you know re regardless of this situation they do really fun awesome games and then uh, you hear this news and it just it breaks your heart and disappoints you at the same time and everything under the sun but platinum games is under fire after bayonetta star reveals why she did not reprise the role as the star character actor helena taylor who is the voice of bayonetta turned down the role for the highly anticipated Bayonetta 3, which is coming out in two weeks. Uh, this game is due to, you know, this game is due like to make a lot of money and is highly anticipated. I was looking forward to it. I'm, I was counting down the days itself. I was even going to do what I was going to do. I was going to do like a, a countdown on blog uh, or not even countdown, like a top five or top 10 platinum games, you know, uh, article that I was going to do on here but after hearing this i may have to step back on that unless they decide it depending on how they handle this because they got damage control right now but she turned down the role due to platinum games only offering her no more than a flat rate of four thousand dollars for the entire voice gig of the game she's been doing this since one and she made this character very popular and this is just sad. Um, Taylor went on Twitter and made uh, her this announcement in video, like four different um, segments on on Twitter. And she's commented on this on a video that she posted on there. For, like four, there's four different parts to this video because you know you can't post only but like a minute span on on Twitter, of uh, course. So she did it in four different parts so i would highly recommend it you know everybody go to uh helena teller's name by the way if you're trying to look for her on on uh social media she uses two l's for her name not one uh for helena i know sometimes you know there's one but just to find her it's two l's um in her name but helena went uh helena went on there and spoke her truth about what was going on and why she didn't take on the role and it was sad to hear and apparently she pointed out that bayonetta uh you know why they would charge you and in fact here's the thing the four thousand dollars was just the final offer because that really means that like they were offering her less than that 
and then she decided to decline and they just went they just said four thousand our final offer and she was rightfully feeling insulted by this <laughs> four thousand for a role of a popular character that is that generates so much money and you know she pointed out that bayonetta the series alone the game series earns an astronomical amount of 450 million dollars which does not include merchandise which does not include sales they came out with their own anime at one point as well too so i'm pretty more i'm pretty sure they got sales off of that too when it was out uh appearances on you know super smash brothers and all this like she's on super like she's on super smash brothers okay uh like that game that game character is so big it made it on super smash brothers and what people if people don't understand what that means super smash brothers is widely considered for those who don't realize or know or ever play super smash brothers you know and or maybe you're not a gamer listening super smash brothers is a nintendo you know um brawler but what the significance about this is that they have it consists of every single popular character in video game history if you're in if your character is in super smash brothers then that means it's like you're in the hall of fame that means you're among one of the greatest ever bayonetta is in that game bayonetta is considered a cult classic but also a huge seller as does ryu ken terry bogard um sonic the hedgehog like all these characters are here and they're brawling together but the significance of all these game characters coming together and under one roof is very telling because the popularity of that character this is insane 450 million dollars to you know to, to, that you earned from this franchise and you're only offering four thousand that is a penny and, and, and by the way us dollars by the way too uh for those you know so she declined it she went on social media and, and, and social media went in an uproar like everybody everybody has chimed in on this um it's just amazing it was it's just amazing like i, I i'm pausing because basically like I, I i empathize with this like I, as an artist and a designer who also is a freelancer myself and i gotta deal with people who take what you do for granted and take it, it what you do for, for them is to help elevate their careers help elevate their products their brands their you know their ambitions their goals and they four thousand dollars is what they think of you and accordance to 450 million dollars that they're getting that is, if that isn't some ebenezer scrooge like ish i don't know what to tell you that is just insane now here's something even more interesting and by the way yeah this is covered all over the internet like game informer covered it nintendo life covered it ign covered it they, they, like it's blown up majorly because this is a, and i'm i'm super happy that all these major platforms have done this because this needs to be out there this is not a good light for platinum games this is not a good light for anybody in the gaming industry and the fact that they even think that that was uh, that was a good idea to do is just insane in her place very interesting the role of bayonetta is now done 
by Jennifer Hale, uh, mostly known for a lot of different uh, roles. She was in Mortal Kombat recently, um, you know, Mortal Kombat 11. She uh, mostly known for Overwatch as well, a character that she plays on there. Um, Jennifer Hale was actually supposed to be in the Overwatch panel with us, but, you know, under circumstances, she couldn't do it. Um, you know, it was it, it was an unfortunate deal, but, you know, she's a very sweet person. I had the chance to meet her before we did the panel, but um, it was unfortunate. But she's taken on a role. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, Hale nor Platinum Games have yet to make any comments since this has come about. Now, both accounts did post previously, like a day ago, previously or a day or so previously before um taylor actually posted her in announcement in her statement they have not done so since and i'm pretty sure platinum games have collaborated with hell to say like just keep out of it do not post anything um they're trying to do damage control right now i don't know what kind of damage control they're going to do for this um it's just it's 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 insane it is absolutely insane and this is unfortunately common um taylor has said that like this is actually legal that they can absolutely do do it i don't know any more than what she has put in and brought into this um but i mean it's not like it requires any detail if they did ask her for you know to offer her four thousand dollars and they make 450 million it's just straightforward you know it is just straightforward it what bothers me and I guess this is, we can also relate this sort of kind of to the issue that um, people had with Charles Martinet not playing the role of Mario, is that, like Tara Strong made, like, made light of the, um, she focused on the idea that Charles Martinet wasn't playing the role of Mario, even though he is in the game, uh, in the movie, and we don't know to what fashion he will be playing the role in there. But nonetheless, um, she argued that because they asked Chris Pratt to do it. I'm sure they charging Chris Pratt a substantial amount of money to do that role. What they have done for Charles Martinet, that's a whole nother thing. Then you have somebody like, and, and it was funny because, you know, as this is going on, I'm playing cyberpunk and I'm like, Keanu Reeves is in this game. Keanu Reeves is a huge A-list star. I doubt that they offered Keanu Reeves 4,000 to do this. And I had some burner account troll try to, you know, try to be contrarian and go against me. I just threw in the clip of Stephanie Shea and just left it from there. Like, I don't need to say anything about this. Let the pros talk about it. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I can only imagine. I would doubt very much that Keanu Reeves or any A-list celebrity that put their voice into video games did not get offered 4,000. Their agent wouldn't allow it, and if their agent did, they would be fired, okay? This is beyond insulting and disrespectful to any other actor, and I don't wanna say just voice actor, I don't wanna say voiceover VOs or VAs or whatever, they're actors. They're, they're actors no different than the people that they that we consider major stars. They may not have that same lineage, that same level of popularity, 
but they're actors. They're actors who that's their job. This is their livelihood. This is what they're trying like Stephanie said, like Helena Taylor said, this is their livelihood. You cannot live off of $4,000, especially if you live in LA, any part of LA, whether it be Burbank or any other part of LA, it takes a lot. And for you to do 4,000, that's not living. That, what do you expect them to do? Now, I know Platinum Games is not an American company, but they should know better. They should absolutely know better about this. And this is just insane. I haven't heard, there's nothing been said about this since, but this is less than 24 hours <laughs> since this has been announced. And you know, we, we'll, we'll see. There's, they're gonna have to, <laughs> they're gonna have to do something about this. They're gonna have to speak about this. Like this is all over the place and it's making platinum games look very, very bad. This is, oh, this is unbelievable. Since responded to the allegations of tweet, sort of sad and deplorable about, I'm reading something off of IGN right now. Um, they are now the new voice of girls. What I'm worth. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, there's the art, IGN has covered this as well on there you could go on ign and check this out as well but they're just covering everything that has been going on there and uh this is deep hopefully this will be a means to make some changes because this is something that they've been fighting for for really even longer than the interview that i had with uh stephanie like this has been going on for far too long and i i, I feel bad for them because they've you know when it comes to the when it, at the end of the day when we go to these comic book conventions, we're coming to see the people behind the voices of these people. The Sean Schimmels, the Chris Sabbats, um, the Monica Riels, the Helena Tellers, you know, the Stephanie Shays, Molly Flanagan's, you name it, Cal Abair, you name it. We're looking for them. We're not looking for the characters. We're looking for them because they voice the characters that we enjoy so much and that warms our heart and makes us popular. We cry because of the performances that is going on. I've seen too, too many panels and interviews where people have voiced their um, their emotions about what that character has done with them, which means it's their performances to her. I had to talk with Molly Flanagan many a times on the show about how people would come up to her in comic book conventions and talk about how her character, her performance basically helped them get through some really tough times. Like we need to stop, you know, not realize, you know, understanding the, the, the importance of these actors that are doing these voices and not just throwing them away. Like it's been that fight for quite some time. Like in the eighties, people didn't think about the people behind the voice. They didn't think about the Mel Blanks who were doing, you know, Porky Pig and, 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 and Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny and all that stuff. We weren't thinking about those voices back then. We didn't care because we just grew up loving the voices. We didn't realize we didn't pay our respects to Peter Cullen and 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 um Frank Welker until like well into like the 90s when we we're just like starting to get older. It was like we really appreciate the performances of these guys. I want to know who the hell this guy is. And we started becoming fans of these guys. We started respecting the voice actors. But you know, you go to Japan and all this stuff, and like these guys are superstars over there. You know playing these roles because anime is like treated like a primetime um tv show over there 
uh, at least it was at the time when we started watching anime in the 90s, in the late 80s and the 90s and all that stuff. I'm pretty sure it's probably the same now, but these guys are, I mean, if you look at, if you look at, um, what, what, what I was going to say, uh, New York Comic Con recently, the over, the, um, the One Piece panel, over a thousand people in attendance to see their favorite actors talk about that show. My Hero Academia, same. Uh, you know, you name like you name it, it was in there. Like Bleach, the same. The crowd reaction to, you know, watching those and watching anime or watching shit, like it's unbelievable. Like they deserve better. Like the fact that the reason why places and companies like Repop can make so much money is because they hire these guys that people want to see. And for God's sakes, people want to see the people behind the anime voices and the video game voices just as much as they are the people who do the marvel movies the oscar isaacs and all that stuff if you will they have a level of popularity in their own rights and i'm tired of them being treated less than such that needs to stop that really needs to stop like you like pay these guys their worth and treat them their worth for god's sake so here's hoping i mean like i said just 24 hours uh removed uh, not even removed yet and um we'll see how this is going to react to things how what is going to happen to this point um we'll we'll get more new information in regards to the situation of this uh we'll see we'll see but i there's a lot of people boycotting that's, that's claiming that they're gonna they're gonna boycott um platinum games and not buy bayonetta 3 which is sad and i'm gonna have to be among that you know i'm saying it right here i may have to be among those who will not actually buy this game right now you know unless platinum games you know really depends on how they react to this it depends i'm hoping that they'll do damage control i'm hoping you know they're already they're majorly exposed at this point and even if they claim that that was not true i'm sure there has to be some some transcripts some time dates some statements that were said or written or whatever like that you know i'm pretty sure something has to come up that there's proof to what she was saying so we'll see about that but i you know i wish her well i it's it's really unfortunate because yeah she was really awesome as that role uh hopefully they could come to some terms but you know i one has to wonder how much they how much did jennifer hell uh get for this i mean like not that it's any of our business but you would hope that they she didn't accept the offer that Elena, God, because that right there will be. I, I, she's she's also a well-established actor as well. You know, I don't know. This is just weird. This is just very very weird. And my God, I wish her the best on this, as well as all actors who are still fighting for their worth out there. It's just it's just atrocious. So, all right, let's get to some other news here. Let's talk about the final or season finale and i say season finale they didn't say series finale it's a season finale which means we're getting a season two baby and i hope we do because she hawk from start to finish for me was absolutely fantastic this i was not expecting somebody said it best in our acmg facebook group i was not ready and prepared for this and i think she spoke for everybody that has been watching this and enjoying us from the get-go and my god this season finale 
was everything. If anything, this was possibly the most accurate portrayal of the comic book to date. And they went all out. They, oh my God, they, they really went on out here. So you guys remember last episode we saw Jen and in, uh, Intelligentsia, you know, pretty much troll her on in, in the award ceremony and it just made her hawk out. So the actual episode, the season finale episode started with a opening montage you know, tribute to the Bill Bixby Hawk episode. And I thought that was just so, so such a class act. And we kind of saw clips of that, like way back when they started um, promoting that She-Hawk's coming. And we got a chance to see that. But in fact, it was actually a dream because we were, Jen woke up in the same cell that Abomination was in. And all of the, uh, uh, all of the lawyers and, and, uh, and her friends and everything just came in to, you know, see exactly if she was okay but also how is she going to react to this because now she's getting prosecuted because of her actions you know at the award ceremony and the only way that she would be able to be free is if she you know gets the inhibitor uh, implanted onto her making sure that she never turns into she-hawk so she kind of got what she wanted in the first episode but then she didn't really want it now because she started to embrace being She-Hawk after everything that she went through for the past like eight episodes up to this point. And she ended up, not only that, she, she no longer worked for the firm, but while she was moving back at home with her parents, she decided that she wasn't going to give up. She was going to find out who's behind uh, Intelligentsia and, and such. And, um, Nikki uh, was working with her, but still working with the firm, mind you. And they decided to try to find who's in here. So Jen, after a while, just got really stressed out and wanted to relax and, you know, get her mind straight. So she decided to go back to the uh, to the retreat that Blonsky runs and go back there. She met up with um, one of the with Wrecker from the Wrecking Crew in there and uh she decided to stay there for a bit to talk with them and try to find a peace of mind, but she wanted to talk to Blonsky personally. So lo and behold, they got a foot, they got some footage. Nikki got some footage thanks to her mom of her in college acting a fool. Nikki smartly used that footage to use as leverage to try to get into the, um, what is it to the new retreat that they're doing that, uh, that the intelligentsia guys are doing, but she realized that she couldn't do it alone and that she had to, she really needed somebody to, um, play a guy because it was all dudes. And she figured that out pr pretty much. So she got puck to try to come in or pug to try to come in and play that role of the guy who was, you know, Catfish, you know, Nikki was pretty much catfishing the whole thing. So he went in to infiltrate it and come to find out that it was no, it was basically Todd who's there. Todd Phelps, the guy who Jen, you know, who uh, Jen was working for technically, but also dated once. And it comes to find out Todd is the guy who put intelligentsia all together. He hired Josh, uh, the guy he, that she dated um, a few episodes ago. He hired her to get, uh, to, you know, compromise her and infiltrate her and get her DNA 
and then all of a sudden this is when things just got completely crazy on this like just haywire crazy on the show and she wind up you know finding out that he was behind it all he got her blood and we've we've seen this many times before in marvel movies and tv shows and series and whatnot and they went back to the super soldier serum thing it was the it was the incredible hawk all over again with blonsky todd injects the dna of <laughs> chin and becomes i guess hawk king I, to this point and then all of a sudden they start to fight all of the intelligentsia guys start to come after her it was you know cliche you know climatic battle type of thing all of a sudden titania buses in uh jamila jamil comes in and bust in again funny funny little line nikki's like does this be ever um you know go through a regular tour <laughs> and then all of a sudden you know blonsky tries to help jen and you know keep him off other people off the other people then all of a sudden out of the blue bruce comes and smashes his way from the rooftop to try to save Jen and Jen then breaks into fourth wall mode and like, wait, why is this all? This is just getting out of hand. This is all not making sense. And then like all of a sudden the whole entire screen goes into Disney plus menu screen. And too many people have said that they thought that like something happened to their screen. And in fact, it wasn't, this is when it gets so awesome because Jen in fourth wall mode decides to, you know, they, they try to go into the menu mode, but she breaks out of the, she opens the like door to the, to the, um, the menu, uh, thumbnail to She-Hulk. And then all of a sudden crashes into the Avengers assemble. Like she's walking on the actual menu screen on Disney plus to enter in the Avenger, uh, the Marvel studios assemble panel to go into the studio to talk to the writers and find out why is this final scene such a convoluted cluster this for people who don't know and complained about the idea that they were doing this and why is this going becoming so comedy based and why is this breaking the fourth wall why are they doing the quote-unquote deadpool thing no they're not doing the deadpool thing in fact deadpool is doing the she-hulk thing because the she-hulk has been doing it since the 90s since the sensational she-hulk you know revival and she has been breaking the fourth wall there are tons of go online there are tons of references of comedic things that that comic book has done and to what i love about this show is that it, it really first of all it's made to troll the trolls and that's exactly what it's brilliantly designed so like everybody who's really have an issue with it are the people who are most likely trolling the damn show there are also people who may be a little bit chauvinistic about it because while you're hating the idea that she's doing comedy i'll give um i give my uh my acmg member a lot of credit for this dan matthews shout out to him because he said it best had deadpool do the same thing people would have been cracking up laughing and there lies the hypocrisy right there because yes deadpool has done very similar stuff like this on his platform she hulk does it and now it's a problem it's it's you can't be more exposed to that but this is exactly this is pinpoint accurate 
to what happens in the comic. Okay. Like there's so like go, like I said, go online. There are so many references going to comiXology. There are a lot of, you know, look up the old books from the nineties from she to sensational She-Hulk. It was a comedy book. This show is a comedy. This is very accurate to the T of the comic and people can't, don't know what to do with this. It, what it really did was expose people who go online pretentiously thinking that they understand, they know about the comic book industry. They know comic books. They know about the history. They know about their characters and that they're comic book aficionados, but then they go and hate on this. Now, this is, this is actually arguably, possibly the most accurate comic book series Marvel Studios has ever done. <laughs> and the fact that they were able to pull that scene off with her going out of one pan, uh, you know, one thumbnail into another to enter the studio was just brilliant. It is exactly what they do. This is perfect. I'm sorry, people, that is not the adrenaline filled masculine type of, you know, content that you're used to. But guess what? That's what I love about Marvel is that they get to change things up. And then at every once in a while, they mold it all together. I love that because yes, we will eventually see She-Hulk in a more action, you know, heavy role when she teams up with the rest of the crew. But this is not this case. I actually had somebody also, you know, on the ACMG Facebook group tried to be contrarian by mentioning the idea that Daredevil was neutered a bit. I'm like, no, he's not neutered. He was exactly the same Daredevil that he was on in the Netflix version. Only difference is he's a lot more acrobatic in this one because we we always see him fight in halls. This one, we actually got to see him do a lot more acrobatics and, you know, scale off the wall, which we never got a chance to see him do in the Netflix series because their budget wasn't ready for that to do that. And then second on that, it's not his show. The fact that we got him on there, the fact that we got Charlie Cox back and the fact that he will eventually have his own show is nothing short of awesome. The fact that he was able to make a, an appearance on here, help this show, but also helped him and reestablish him into the Marvel cinematic universe, along with him being on, you know, Spider-Man no way home. Be grateful. Okay. And stop trying to fish for for things to you know to be negative on because that's all that is there was nothing wrong with him there was nothing wrong with this show at all the show is plenty accurate and if you actually read the comic books or even read period or read anything then you would know that this is very accurate to the show so come to find out she goes into the studio she asks like what why are you guys doing all this? Why are you doing this cliche storylines that you've done multiple times and how original are you guys? Are? It, the show was also not only, it was poking fun at itself. Like they, they factored in everything that people were saying about the show and how repetitive some things like, let's not do another super serum storyline. Cause it's been done multiple times and not have daddy issues because that's been done every single time. So you want to change it up. And that's what exactly they did. So they kept focusing on Kevin and everybody's singing Kevin Feige. <laughs> so she goes after Kevin and tries to go for Kevin, but she's get she gets, they make her sign an NDA, which is hilarious. That's a, also a known thing that is known for Marvel, but they also tried to stop her with the security and she didn't get stopped. She ended up going into the office or this control room 
that happens to be Kevin's office and only to find out that Kevin is nothing more than a robot that creates algorithms for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Kevin is also an acronym for something I will not repeat or remember or anything to that nature. But she talked with Kevin about let's not make this the same, you know, repeated algorithm in the same, you know, infinite loop that we all see in Marvel Universe. Let's change it up just a bit, make it something a little different, give it here, bring back Daredevil, if you will. Uh, and, you know, just made it right. So everything, he, he went and did everything to that nature. And it was, it was freaking awesome. It was so well done. Um, Phelps got arrested. Blonsky got arrest, arrested again. So I now, now that Blonsky has, broken the law he's back in jail now i see them adding him to the thunderbolts this is i think this is how they're gonna work him into the thunderbolts now uh daredevil is now back they're kind of like a thing again and then he gets invited to the house to for a barbecue or a picnic or whatnot and they're starting to question him about like his work as a lawyer in hell's kitchen and what it was just so fantastic this show was awesome i I tell you this, I've never watched any Marvel superhero show series, I should say, as much as I did with She-Hulk. I've watched this show so much and enjoyed it immensely. I absolutely freaking loved it. This show, I'm sorry, folks, love it or hate it, this show was a success in my opinion. I hope they get another season. If I'm giving this a grade, this is not supposed to be a review, but I get this an A. I thought, uh, I really thought the, the perform everybody's performance was great. Um, hey, like, I, my God, Tatiana, um, uh, uh, Maslany was so awesome as Jennifer Walters. I don't, she really established herself as that. I want to give also credit to, um, Malia Araya, who was the, uh, on set She-Hawk reference that they did. She was the really, if you haven't seen, if we, we talked about this like a few episodes, a couple episodes ago, uh, she's like the stunt double for the, you know, She-Hulk body model. And I shout out to her because I'm sure she did a tremendous job doing, you know, making She-Hulk as believable as possible. It's just really awesome here. Um, some of my favorite, uh, Jamela Jamil, I thought really played to the, to the, uh, see with like this version of Titania. I actually, I think she did a better job of doing Titania than the actual comics because I've, like I said, I've recently been reading Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars, and it were, I believe that's where Titania first appeared. And the dialogue for her was very stale and, and campy. Jamila Jamil version, who's supposed to be like an influencer, a super powered influencer, I thought it was more modern. I thought she brought more personality to that character. So it was awesome. Tim Roth, was fantastic in here. Todd, Todd, uh, John Bass's Todd Phillips is tremendous. Um, just so it was just so many good. Mark Ruffalo, you know, putting you know contributing to this was great. And of course Charlie Cox, you know, and Josh uh, Segura from Arrow. Most people know, but he's also Pug here. Just great. Everybody did a great role. Steve uh, Coulter as well, who played uh, Holloway. Just everybody who was involved in this did a great job. Um, Benedict Wong, who when he made his appearance as well, um, just awesome. I look, I support the show fully. I enjoyed the show. 
I am hopefully looking forward to them doing another season of this because this was just awesome. And by the time the second season comes, maybe people will be a little bit more educated at this point because I think people got exposed this year when they found out that this is not supposed to be an action series. This is meant to be a comedy like the comics was. And for God's sakes, read a book. <laughs> that's, I think this more, read a book and learn history because that's what we used to do. Like when, when it, when comic books was really, really hot in the nineties, not comic book movies, comic books, because in the nineties, the budget for comic book movies of this caliber was never a thing. They weren't able to make comic books uh, movies like they are now but we were hot on the comic books itself in the 90s and it, it, we called it the boom period for comics um certain aspects of pop culture was really hot in the 90s wrestling and comic books hence you know why jim lee is one of the greatest of all time why todd mcfarlane is one of the greatest of all time dare i say rob liefeld say what you will about defeat and all that crap and the big guns or whatever the dude he made his mark uh mark silvestri and eric larson all those guys like while we know these guys on a first name basis that was the boom period for you know for comic books and it made us want to learn more about the history of comics if you don't know about the history why are you enjoying the present you got to understand the history and what brought it to the table i highly recommend people will get the marvel the recent marvel uh not marvel studios marvel comics encyclopedia where it has all of the actual uh it has all the you know recent comic book history of the characters and you know their origins and whatnot and anything that you didn't know about certain characters that you're now seeing on the tv this is a great reference for you to look at um they have it both in hard copy and digital on amazon i got the digital version on i on my ipad and i it makes me want to look back i also have for old school preferences for those who are listening who are you know in my demographic gen x demographic i got the old marvel comics cards and the x-men cards that jim lee has as well got all of them complete set they also have origin stories on there as well they probably even more accurate because they were from back then um and i'm sure there were some minor changes and tweaks to the stories now but you could go back to those references and look back and it's like this generation is just i hate to get on my grown man mode right now but this generation is so into not learning and you know we live in a short attention society where people don't want to take the time to just enjoy everything and and, and appreciate the past and what made it here because you know they we're supposed to be the more smarter generation, but what made us smart is to understand what we did back then and what we need to do now. The reason why Marvel Studios is successful is because they looked at the past, said we like this, but this needs well, this needs a little bit tweaking to make this what we are making now in these in the uh, silver um, screen. So I I implore everybody of this new Gen Z generation and even the millennial generation look back to history if you truly are comic book fans if you even if you are anime fans or any of those fans you know if you look at the history of all of this and you know trust me man it's it's some really awesome things to look at you really some awesome things to check out but from start to finish i think out of all the series like this is one of my most enjoyable series uh that i had the chance to enjoy like i 
Marvel Studios has always been great with everything. I had there's not one Marvel Studios series that I don't like, but this one is absolutely the most enjoyable, the more lighthearted and fun uh, series to look at. But it's also very telling as well. And it, I call it troll repellent. If trolls don't like it, trolls don't matter because trolls probably don't read the comics anyway. And they're just whatever they're going through in their life. That's what they're going through. Deal with it. So there you have it there. Also, got a chance to see Werewolf by Night um, during the time I was at New York Comic Con because it came out during that time. This is a Marvel Studios special presentation uh, that premiered. Uh, what is it? Last week? Can't believe a week has gone by since New York Comic Con. It's been crazy. But got a chance to check this out and I didn't know whether I was going to like this or not, but this was fantastic. You got a group of demon hunters or devil hunters, if you will, or something of that nature, all coming together to try to um, look for the bloodstone. And they go on this little, you know, search, but they're also in competition with each other. They're hunting each other, trying to make the last person you know, the last one standing, the person who can get the bloodstone and such. This is a story based around a comic book that was out during the 80s or 70s, I believe. And I, I just really, I was very surprised that they brought this out and they worked on this. Like this was not, nobody knew that this was coming out. Nobody knew that they were working on this, but it did. And when it came out on October 7th, it was awesome. What made it even better is that you had Jack, you know, the characters, Jack Russell in here, who's the werewolf in the series, but even more, you had Elsa Bloodstone in this show. And I didn't know she was going to be on the show. I didn't know this character was going to be in there. And I thought that was awesome. Uh, for those who don't know, Elsa Bloodstone is a character. You might recognize the name if you play the Marvel Ultimate Alliance three video game, because she is a character in the game as well. And part of the blood uh, stone is her heritage uh, in here as well. Another very familiar character that they had in here was Man-Thing. And uh, this was awesome. Uh, Russ, Jack Russell uh, was, which, by the way, his name is Jack Russell, which he turns into a werewolf and he's technically a dog. I get it. <laughs> Shout out to my Jack Russell dog, Garth, by the way. <laughs> but I digress. They uh, actually added Man-Thing to this, which is another character that never thought we would see. You know, we, I would never thought that we would have seen in here. It, it's just pretty awesome. They, they, He's now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. Um, so, you know, they're in here and, you know, this was only like a half hour, maybe an hour uh, episode. I don't know where this is going to lead to or this is just a one time thing, but I thought it was pretty, pretty good. It was great for Halloween special if you will it's worth going away out of your way to check it out how or when or whether these guys will actually team up but it's i feel like they're establishing the marvel knights now you got blade which unfortunately has been postponed along with some other projects as well uh down the line um you got what is it moon knight who's already established now you have the punisher who is established and there's been talk about John Berthold reprising that role, which I would not mind at all because he was fantastic as the Punisher. The, in my opinion, from my personal opinion, the best of the ball. 
I mean, we had Dolph Lundgren. I think we we had a few others. Um, I think uh, Keith Urban, not Keith Urban, um, Carl Urban, I believe may have played him as well. Um, but John Bernthal, man, dude, he really captured it, man. It was just, it was absolutely fantastic. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't. I forgot about this. Going back to She-Hawk, uh, Bruce actually also introduced first of all um a little bit of a name drop that she brought up the x-men as well in the, in the fight season finale but also bruce introduced scar scar is now in here absolutely love that there are people who are people are excited about it but there are other people of course the trolls that are going to clown the hairstyle of scar and that can change at any time can i just say internet consists of like i think i believe i don't know this to be true i didn't do the data or whatever but i truly believe that a large percentage of people on the internet have a gpa of like 2.0 and that's not to disrespect to 2.0 people but like if you're going online and trying to pretend that you you're you have some form of intelligence or experience or whatever and you've done no experience and then on top of that you get c's for grades whatever like that don't just don't <laughs> okay that that just burns me to no end but i digress go out of your way check out werewolf by night it's a great series it's a great little series i, I don't know what it's going to lead to but these guys are officially established in the marvel cinematic universe in some form or fashion um elsa bloodstone is probably the more important character of all the people in this jamie jack russell is too but elsa bloodstone has been in recent you know uh lore within marvel so i got a feeling if this wasn't based i don't think this was based on the past but this we may see some of these characters again down the line in some form or fashion so look out for that when it comes out but another great marvel studios project in the helm right there so all right i don't know if you guys saw it but i got a chance to see the new poster for the little mermaid um didn't hear any flack about it uh or I probably didn't read about it but really awesome i'm glad that they're still pushing for it it's a beautiful poster it has ariel on air looking up in the sky uh it or well, not in the sky but looking up from the sea if you will it's a beautiful beautiful portrait i can't wait to it's coming out it's coming out may 26th go out of your way check it out please support this because of all else we need to at least see if this is a good movie like if you're judging it based on the fact that you know she you know she is like black that's just lame i mean great here's my case yes you people are tired some people are tired of the gender uh, the race change or gender change of things i see what they're talking about i get it but at the same time it's not that big of a deal it really like having Haley, you know holly bear uh belly play ariel it's not that big of a deal it really isn't it's not gonna end your world if she gets that role it's not it, it really like and isn't this based on isn't this actually based on a book so it's based on a book they know do they describe what the actual character looks like it's just this that's disney's depiction from back then and this is their depiction now you know is their creative you know decision and i'm all for it now with that said 
and I can't wait to see Melissa uh, McCarthy plays Ursula. I think she's gonna knock it out the park. With that said, I would rather studios and and you know rather than change the actual race of characters because sometimes it it just feels like it's not because we want to see more change and opportunities because they just trying to make a statement which is great but i also want to see some original new characters you know i don't need a black peter parker i don't you know and i think that's why i'm so glad that marvel did what they did they didn't make a black peter parker they made miles morales a completely new character that we can enjoy you know they made another miss marvel and kamala khan they didn't make you know carol davis um you know uh pakistani or indian to that nature they just gave her the name gave her a new uh gave her a completely new character they didn't make a new tony stark they made riri williams the newest iron clad character so you know the whole champions down the line like they're just new versions of these characters uh or just new characters in general just create new characters at best and just make give them the attention that you would give a spider-man a batman and stuff like you know we don't have to make everybody a, a gender or a race change but i do appreciate that there is thought and pro thought process into all this but down the line it's like all right we all right we get it let's just start because i mean if you grew up liking these characters the way that they were intended then i you kind of can argue that not in a hateful way but just say like you know i grew up with this character being this and i would love to see that particular character brought to life exactly the way i envisioned it as a kid but I would argue too let's start making some new characters of color and all the stuff that people can really get down with rather than rely on or weigh in or let them lie on a already established franchise let's create a new franchise that will build greater look like i said look what we did look what marvel did with miles morales um they totally i mean even though yes it is a spider-man name but he's not peter parker peter parker is still extremely established but they managed to make miles morales a pretty much a household name so much so that his movie even made uh, got an oscar uh so that should tell you right there that there's a possibility of creating new characters and really making them established but also have them collaborate like that's what they did they made spider-man he's collaborating with peter it, it works out that way um miss marvel collaborates with captain marvel it establishes it helps give them the rub or whatnot let's do that but we don't have to change everybody but in this case in this sense i don't mind uh holly bailey at all playing ariel it, it really just doesn't so that's just my thought with that and the last bit of news that i really have here is ah warner brothers uh what is this warner brothers uh discovery they are not stopping the restructuring of their brand continues folks they just announced that they just merged with of all people cartoon network and they're merging cartoon network and warner brothers animation together um which is bad news because when you merge that means there's going to be 
massive layoffs here, and this is no different. Uh, according to comicbook.com, the hits keep coming from Warner Brothers Discovery, and the company's most recent announcement is sending shockwaves across social media after all new reports have gone live, confirming Cartoon Network Studios is about to undergo a special overhaul. <laughs> when they said special overhaul, they literally just mean it's going to be some layoffs. The studio will be merging with Warner Brothers Animation as the pair's parent company continues to restructure its various organizations. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to be done. You talk about merge, like how, come on, merge Boomerang back. Get Boomerang has all of the classic cartoons that Cartoon Network once aired. Put them up. Just put all that back together. I don't know what they're going to do. What this means for anime on Cartoon Network. What this means for just the channel in general. Like I, I nobody knows. I, it, it's you can't automatically just gawk at this because i recall when disney bought marvel we all were like oh crap they're gonna neuter this thing and in fact no that's not what happened <laughs> years later decades later after their uh after acquisition of marvel we love marvel more than ever so maybe this is warner brothers discovery's plan to possibly restructure and re you know rebrand this whole entire thing for the better we don't know how this is going to turn out we'll see i just hope that cartoon network will not die because we've had this in our lives forever cartoon network has changed the way we look at animation throughout years i remember when cartoon network first came out when we, we had you know when cable was a major thing and the idea that a network that just plays cartoons all day was unfathomable. I could not fathom the idea that for years growing up as a kid, the only times that you were able to watch cartoons was after school, three o'clock, maybe three 30, four, four 30 after four 30. It's regular TV is news. You go do your homework, whatever like that Saturday morning. It was like cartoons all in the morning. And then this new channel comes out that says it's going to be cartoons 24 seven. And when this came out, best believe I was all on it and I had my own cable box in my room. That's a whole nother story. Yes. I had my own, a teenage kid had his own cable box in his room in his own bedroom. Yeah. We also had Showtime and HBO. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> anybody watch dream on but i digress <laughs> i digress nonetheless cartoon network was every bit is what they said and it changed the way we watch animation every day all day like old episodes of cartoons watching the flintstones at like eight o'clock at night on a weekday was just crazy to us at the time it's now common for everybody else now because this is norm and but we got to talk about what really changed the path of Cartoon Network and hopefully it just got bigger as the years going on. I hope that they do right with this merger and it, it's a means for us to better. I feel bad because that means a lot of jobs are going to be uh, lost in this case, but we'll see how this goes. Let's see what happens. Let's see what's going to happen. Um, I wish everybody the best on that one, but we'll see what happened from there. I mean, like 
they've been on a tear, man. They have been on a conjure tear. Like if you go into gamespot.com, there's an article in there that talks about the 17 TV shows and movies canceled by Warner Brothers at Discovery. I mean, we start with Batgirl, which we'll never see. Strange Adventures. I remember they were coming out with that. Um, there was actually a trailer for Batman Cape Crusader. There was actually a trailer for that. That was destined to come out. They were doing a Christmas Batman series there. Scooby was getting the holiday series coming. Um, the Warner Brother cartoons was getting one called The Day the Earth Blew Up. So that's been canceled. Uh, Bugs Bunny musical was going to be there. That's canceled. A Steve Urkel holiday special. Jalil White was going to make his comeback as Urkel. That's not happening now. This one is really sad. The Amazing World of Gumball. Like, I don't watch that show, but I have watched that show. Like, I don't, I don't watch it consistently, but I have had the opportunity to watch that show. And the comedy in that cartoon is quite funny. I just not, I, I'm not married to watching it, but there are times it just, it just on, and I just stay to listen to some of the, the, uh, the, the dialogue on it, and it's absolutely hilarious. It, like, I, it's one of those cartoons that. You know, if you if you have a kid, you go can watch it and all of you can laugh because there's something for everybody to laugh about in there. It is really it's really crazy. Um, JJ Abrams had a project that was supposed to be out to, uh, you know, a bunch of other shows that was supposed to be coming out that is not coming out now for both HBO and, and other things as well. Um, close enough, which I kind of knew that was going to cancel because it didn't really seem like it was appealing which was an animated series uh, that came out uh, after three episodes. It's no longer here, so that got canceled. Um, and then, of course, a lot of other DC projects as well. Um, uh, Young Justice, I believe, may be actually canceled too. So I don't know, man. This is, it's, it's, it's a scary time if you're a DC fan or Warner Brothers fan because you just don't know what the hell is going to happen. But, man, we will definitely see from there. But uh, the restructuring of things is just crazy. Folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I will review and give my thoughts on Mortal Kombat Snowblind. Is this the one we've been waiting for? Is this the one that they finally got right? We'll talk about that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Chris Battle, character designer of Team Titans Go, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Wait! All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind. This is the third animated movie installment of the Mortal Kombat Legends series. However, this is not in any way connected to the first two. The first two were like 
one and like first like part one and part two of each other this one separates itself from that and this is you can almost consider this like a what if and what i loved about this is that one yeah they they totally took this made it into a whole new type of narrative but made you wonder like how is this canon why is this separate but it c c turns out that it actually does connect more to the core of probably the first two or even the um the actual game itself by what happens by the end and you finally understand what happens at the end if you're a mortal kombat fan you really get what's going on here by the time you reach to the end of the movie i will just say off bat i love this movie from just an artistic visual standpoint um the one the one big negative that i had for the first two which was um scorpion's revenge and battle of the realm was the animation style the art style if you will the visual character design i wasn't particularly a fan of it that and that's could be just a personal preference for me but after being that this is done by warner brothers animation who is also responsible for doing dozens and i mean dozens of dc animated movies which are phenomenal looking movies uh both in like just the character designs of the movies not just the animation the animation has always been great with the mortal kombat movies it was the character design in question i just feel like it didn't get do it right snowblind gets it right it looks awesome it animates well the you know the frame rate is always great in the end and the animation style is awesome i loved it because it it was beautifully drawn it's beautifully designed but it also looked like an old school saturday morning cartoon just extremely violent <laughs> i thought they did a tremendous job with this i enjoyed it from start to finish but i really enjoyed the the big climax moment and the plot which all leads in the twist that you will that finds out here so basically this movie is another origin story but this time using uh kenshi takahashi kenshi is a very good fan favorite of the actual uh mortal kombat lore he is a blind ninja that can see when holding his katana blade that he uh managed to gather and it, it you know it has a certain particular power that can overcome any type of powerful being and what made it so great is that like he decided to have his own origin story but this is while this kind of mimics the origin story that we know from the actual game series it's slightly changed there's a lot changed here for one thing this is a alternate world where kano of the black dragon is is the ruler of the entire world both earth realm and outworld i take it so he's basically the shang soon he's basically the um the shao khan of this series not them they're gone he managed to find a way to you know get rid of them we don't find out how he's doing this because when i watched it i started watching it like how is he how is kano the main dude of this series like what's going on here like how i'm i'm intrigued by this like of all people kano is the the one that outdid shang soon he outdid uh, everybody and credit to director rick morales and the writers jeremy adams and of course ed boone and john tobias as well i don't know i don't know if actually john tobias had any play in this but ed boone has been on the forefront of all these of everything mortal kombat since then but he you know john tobias still gets credit because he was you know the one that really helped put it together in the beginning 
but Jeremy Adams, you know, writing this, I thought this was really well done. It was awesome. Uh, you know, telling, um, Manny, uh, Jacinto, uh, Jacinto, or I believe that's how I'm pronouncing his name. Uh, Jacinto, um, uh, plays Kenshi and I thought he was great. Um, Yuri Longthal, my man, uh, plays Cobra in here. Uh, a lot of great characters from different from not only Mortal Kombat 1011, but also, you know, other lures as well. Patrick sees once again, reprises the role as a scorpion in here. Um, but this is like an alternate world and timeline, if you will, where K and hints on the word timeline, where Kano and the black dragon just wrecks havoc, uh, all over the world. And, you know, Kenshi, uh, along with a very withered and old, uh, Lin Kuei master that just happens to be Sub-Zero, you know, helps them along the way to become the warrior that they need to defeat Kano along the way. Tenchi, uh, Kenshi he becomes blind and discovers the sword thanks to Shang Tsung's, tr um, you know, trickery or whatever like that. And um, he becomes the Kenshi that we know. But let me tell you, one, like any mortal thing, Mortal Kombat, this isn't for kids. This is an extremely like this is probably of all three movies. This is the most violent of the movies. Not only did they make the art style better, but the scenes are just gruesome. It's everything you want, you expect from Mortal Kombat. They hold nothing back on this. Uh, even your favorite hero, Kenshi, does not come out unscathed. This is they. This is not one of those like you know animated series or animated shows or movies where like the hero protagonist comes out completely unscathed. But he, despite the fact that he went through all different types of no, this dude gets beat down. He gets injured. He gets mutilated to some extent um they didn't hold nothing back this was totally gritty i really enjoyed it but the idea that kano is ruling the world and uh, in other realms and whatnot was just really intriguing and i'm going to say it now spoiler alert people because this has to say this has to be said so if you haven't watched this and you're listening right now and you don't want to know about the the, the twist of this this is the part where you turn it off and hold until you watch it, but I highly recommend you watch it. Um, Kano, played by David Winham, we find out later that the reason why Kano became the member, the ruler of all this, is because he himself got into the actual time realm uh, that we see on Mortal Kombat 11. And apparently he found his way to <laughs> he found his way to not only just defeating you know shang Tsung and and shang khan but he somehow found his way to defeating chronica as well chronica played by jennifer hill you know <laughs> you know a little reference from the last segment but he uh yeah he wound up he wound up like uh getting um jennifer hill i mean or chronica if you will uh time realm and in that time realm which now is being procured by fire god Liu kang in the actual canon of mortal kombat which means in some ways he defeated uh, you know Liu kang and raiden as well he somehow managed to get his way into that ordeal and that's how he was able to make changes to everything because he changed time and space and everything in general in that realm if you guys played mortal kombat 11 then you remember that 
you know, Kronika is the keeper of time. And she's in this realm where time repeats itself, rewinds or whatever like that and reboots itself all over again. And she can manipulate it to her will. Well, that's exactly what Kano did. And that's how this whole thing happened. So now Kenshi is up to Kenshi and Sub-Zero and others that are uh, rebelling against him to try and stop him once and for all and, you know, make peace again in the world. And, you know, down by the end, it was like you get into this really huge, you know, fight scene and whatnot and brutal, brutal fight scene, man. It's, it's just... Oh, this if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, if you like gore or whatever like that, this absolutely is for you. I, I think among the three movies, absolutely. I found this is the one when I say third is the charm, third is definitely the charm. I thought that maybe they heard maybe I was I, thankfully I was not the only one who may have uh, mentioned about the art style, or whatever like that. I just felt that this series deserved much better. And by the time Snowblind has come. They have done just that. The art style, again, looks phenomenal. The acting has always been great. Um, but the, the story itself was just awesome. It, it's just, it, I felt this was very Mortal Kombat. Uh, and um, trust me, I mean, there's some scenes in here are just rated R brutal. Like Kano is just shooting people in the head and their entire face, their head, it just explodes. And it, like, there's just one scene in there where just, they're fighting in an arena and, you know, one person decides not to do fatality. So he just does his own fatality to the both. <laughs> and it's the one of the most gruesome, if, which like, again, if you watch, if you played Mortal Kombat game, you know what to expect here. So I thought this was a really well uh, done movie overall. This is my absolute favorite of the bunch. Uh, the bunch I said of the bunch, um, the bunch. I want to see more look like this and perform like this hopefully this is not the end i mean we're celebrating mortal kombat's 30th anniversary and i hope that they're celebrating this anniversary not only just with this movie but also with the coming of the second movie but also oh god i hope this is a second movie with everything going on with wbd but nonetheless we're also hopefully we'll get another uh, another game now again warner brothers db or Warner Brothers uh, Discovery, I should say, is on a warpath of changing a lot of things. And I believe WB Games may be one of them. And I remember a while back, there was reports that, you know, there was no new games from NetherRealm being done because there's this negotiation and things are going on. And now we realize that what's going on here. And that's why everything has been slightly put on hold, I guess, or we don't know what's going to happen with the Mortal Kombat series or NetherRealm series or whether they're going to be sold or already have been sold to whoever, but them losing, I think NetherRealm losing more Warner Brothers is a major deal. If they, I hope they don't lose Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers has been the best thing for Ed Boon in NetherRealm since they started. Um, it's helped elevate the Mortal Kombat series undoubtedly. Uh, with the amount of production and you know you know things they were able to do i don't know if there's any other company that will be able to do what warner brothers has done for the mortal kombat series i mean the other people would be sony the other people would be disney disney's not gonna have that disney's no way in hell gonna have that sony may actually be the ones that can possibly save this if that's gonna be a thing but i don't know we'll see i'm hoping for a mortal kombat 12 
I, I really do. But I mean, at the same time, if it's not, Mortal Kombat 11 did get on a high note. So why not keep it there? Because Fire got Liu Kang. I mean, come on, what, what better way to do it than that? But nonetheless, this is a great movie. It's an hour and 22 minutes. Uh, it is worth all the all everything that they asked for here. Go out of your way, check it out. If you're a Mortal Kombat fan and you may have not exactly liked the first two, I think you'll find a lot on this to like. There's a lot to like here. Um, unlike the other first two uh, gay, uh, you know, movies that they put out, the, the animated movies that they produce, I gave them a not so flattering great it was eh, i'm pretty sure it was probably in the realm of b minus or b you know to that or b to that measure not this one this one lived up this one did exactly what i wanted the other two do and for that i'm giving this a solid a because this was a major step up on all aspects uh compared to the other two i want to see more that look like this that act that performs like this and everything and great writing great storytelling great character uh development great performances great plots great twist and great action gruesome great action if you will so yeah this gets an a for me um mortal kombat legend snowblind go out of your way check it out it's available all over the place now digitally and i, I believe it's coming uh physically later on so go ahead folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live i hope you guys enjoyed this and every episode again gamers follow that story it's a lot going on the uh <laughs> if you go on twitter man it's a lot of craziness going on in reference to the uh the uh, the director behind bayonetta he's he's not handling things well right now just go ahead follow that but let's see how this go from there we'll, hopefully we'll have some better news um down the line we're two weeks away to bayonetta let's see how platinum games will react to this whole thing and see what happens there but if you like this episode and every episode, you can definitely check us out on TalkTimeLive.com, all of our audio episodes. And again, like I said before in the beginning, if you're looking for a particular guest that I had on the show that you want to listen to, we have a search engine on the podcast page. Just type in the name. It'll come right up. You can listen to it whenever you're ready and want. Um, much easier to do from that aspect than going on to the your favorite podcast platforms because i mean you may be able to find it there but i have a much easier place for you to find it, and that's talktomelive.com you can also check out our our video interviews as well and there uh you can check out my media page which has me working with the repop uh metaverse group and all the panels that i did for that uh some other content on there i got my blog content with i just added a bunch of different articles from new york comic-con including the video highlighting all of the things that i covered over there at new york comic-con again thank you to the great folks over there at uh repop i did get a chance to speak to both uh to the people i've worked with who i got a chance to see when i was over there and uh man they did a hell of a job this year hell of a job uh so go out of your way check it out talktimelive.com and if you want to subscribe and download and never miss a beat you can do so on spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher podbean tune in audible pocket cast pandora if you go on to tumblr if you're on tumblr you can type in talk time live and our show will pop up you can follow me there as well if you want to follow me on instagram you can do so at Xavier underscore josiah as well and never miss a beat from that uh but you know anywhere and everywhere you can listen to talk time live 
All right, folks, this uh, week on Select Start, I believe we were going to count down the Bayonetta. Damn it, we're not going to be able to do that at this time. We're going to hold off on that just to see how Platinum Games is going to react. But I'm I am on the I am officially on that boycott side. <laughs> this whole thing. I, 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 I can't. I, I would be slapping the face of a lot of people I know if I... If I, you know, if I wouldn't, you know, invested in that right now. But uh, we do have other games that I will be checking out and playing. Um, Gotham Knights is coming out next week. I got uh, Fist, which is a really awesome Metroidvania game that you guys got to check out. Uh, we That may be what I check out as well. So stay tuned for that. And uh, more games are coming. And then God of War, for God's sakes, that's, whew, that's coming up in the next couple weeks too so stay tuned for that and much much more and then next week we'll see we'll talk about on talk time live so there you go folks that'll do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out there take care and have a great week Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.